Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Leela, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today and for the wonderful time you've given us to be with each other, Lord, to encourage and edify, equip and build up, Lord. And I ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to guide us as we go through your word today, Lord, and just minister to each person that's participating and those that are listening, Lord, their needs that they are asking you for, Lord. And I ask that you'll fill all those empty places that the enemy may have left when he ravaged them, Lord. And I ask that you'll make them whole and make them assured in your love, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, amen. Thank you so much for that, that intro promise. I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Absolutely. And all right, so we're continuing our study with First Corinthians. We are in chapter 7. Can I get a volunteer to cover verses 12 through 16, please? I will. But to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such, a, in such cases. But God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? Mm. It's a lot in there. But with that, I want to open the floor up to you guys first to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have on that topic or on that section. All right? Okay. Bless you, sir. Thank you. Who'd like to begin? Do you want to go first? Go ahead, promise. No, you can go. Well, thank you. Um... The last verse, verse 16, where it says, For how do you know, O wife, whether you'll save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you'll save your wife? In previous devotionals, we had been talking about marriage and letting the Lord choose your spouse. And Mommy had said, she's not telling you to go divorce the spouse that you're with or to remain single. And you see Paul addressing that here. He said, well, if you do this thing, in the event that you take a spouse for yourself and you are a believer, based on what you see, how do you know that because he's observing your good conduct that he won't come to the realization and come to the Lord? But if you break that off prematurely or don't even allow the chance for that to happen, now that creates other issues and problems, if that makes sense. Like It's almost like having friends in school. I'm not saying you can't be friends with unbelievers, and I'm not saying you only have to have Christian friends, but how do you know that your good conduct isn't observed by the other person, the unbeliever that you're with, and they won't come to the realization and go, okay, I need the Lord as well. How do I get there? And you're the one that's now helping them 
walk down that path because you broke it off early and you had this misconception that these are the only people you can associate with and anyone that doesn't fit in this category is never mind them is not worth your attention okay there's <clears throat> excuse me there's a lot in there right and yes Paul does address that he's not saying as a result of his teaching go get divorced or go separate from your spouse, right? But we see the consistency here and in other places in Scripture. What you were saying, they have an opportunity to, yes, observe, and they should be observing Christ in us, our character, our nature, and how we are living should exemplify the Lord at all times, right? Yes. Because we can look at Hosea, who literally was instructed to marry a prostitute, right? Now, she had the opportunity to come into alignment and agreement with what the Lord was saying and doing and through Hose her, well, at the time, her husband, Hosea, right? Yes. To turn from her ways, but she chose not to, ultimately, Right. Yes. Okay. Again, it was a sign. It was an example. Right? The Lord specifically had a Hosea live that out to exemplify or be the example to how Christ is with the church, with his body, or otherwise known as his bride. Does that make more sense? Yes. yes. Okay. So, each of us has that same opportunity with the Lord. To come into alignment and agreement with him and what he's doing, who he is, or to reject and resist him. All right, we talked about that even with Rahab. The Lord always gives this this grace, his grace and his mercy over our lives, but we have to make the choice to agree with it and to follow him or not. Who's next? Are you done, Layla? Yes. Okay, I'm next. <laughs> All right, sir. The Lord showed me verse 12 to that. Verse 12 to verse 16 where it says, But to the rest I, not the Lord, say, if, in a, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such case, cases, but God has, God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband, or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? Okay. The Lord showed me that when Paul was saying that he wasn't, he was getting at just because your spouse is an unbeliever, it only the only thing that matters is if the Lord has appointed that person to become your spouse, not if they're unbeliever or if they're an unbeliever or a believer. And so Paul was saying that just because even if the Lord has appointed your husband or wife as an unbeliever, it doesn't it doesn't mean you should divorce them and go look for a believer to go marry. That's right. 
And this reminds me of Mr. Wigglesworth when he was on the, the guy with the little buggy. Uh-huh. And the guy told him to get off. And that Mr. Wigglesworth ended up getting that guy on the buggy saved. And the guy on the buggy died a couple days or weeks later, I believe. He died later that week. It was a short time later. Mm-hmm. So the Lord showed me that with that, not it applies to this in a sense, not necessarily that Mr. Wigglesworth married the guy, but because he followed what the Lord was saying and he didn't just hang around believers, he ended up saving that guy's life and helped him get to heaven, get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, so what else is the Holy Spirit ministering to you in that, sir? And also, the Lord is showing that if your husband or wife, that's the unbeliever, chooses to depart because you're a believer, you're not under bondage in such cases because you didn't force them out and go, you're an unbeliever, so you get to leave my house because I don't want such nonsense inside of my house. Mm. Amen. Okay, so ultimately comes down to the willingness, right? And Yes. Are we willing, are we as Christians, as believers, willing to do what the Lord is asking us to do, right? Earlier, I brought up Hosea, right? Now, the Lord asked him to do that, to live out part of his life as an example, right? Of course, it's the Lord. He fully knows what was going to happen, right? Yes. But, and that was with in marriage between a husband and a wife. But then look at all the things he asked of his disciples later, apostles, right? Look at even Paul. How many times were they thrown in prison? A lot of times. And many, depending on the person. Many of them were thrown in prison. But even with Paul, what happened? It ultimately, his being thrown in prison utilized, or was utilized by the Lord, to lead other people to Christ, right? Yes. And he's not the only one, but we read about that in Scripture. These things happen. What if Paul had been unwilling? And didn't want to go, uh, I'll say, be obedient to what the Lord was telling him to do. You think it would have had the same outcome, the same result? No. Would Paul have been satisfied? No. No. But what does the Lord do? He provides opportunities. One, for us to be obedient to him, right, in his leading. And two, he provides opportunities for others to first come into alignment with him right yes to recognize where where we were at one time right before we chose to follow christ or to recognize him as our lord and savior he's always lord he's always the savior well we have to recognize him as such and then so doing also humble ourselves and submit to his ruling and leading in our lives it's the same opportunity that's provided for, for literally everyone. It's a matter of if we will choose to take advantage of that opportunity. Or, said another way, what will we do with the opportunity given to us? That's a choice everyone has to make. What else? That was all. Okay. Go ahead, sir. Um, I 
also think that Paul is getting at here. It just reminds me of how with the Lord there's always two options. The person, the spouse that's unbelieving has the option to stay or to leave. It just reminds me of how the Lord, he doesn't force anything upon you. He doesn't force you to leave or to force you to stay. Same is true here. They have the option and freedom to do as they're pleased or not held there, not being forced, held there. And it just reminds me of how inside of Christ you have the option to stay inside of him and you have the option to leave and go out. And how the Lord is not forcing you to stay there because you were there once. He wants you to stay there, but it's ultimately your choice to do that. And I just think that this is... It just reminds me of that and how it's representation and how man and a man and his wife is the same as with the church and with the Lord. And how we have the option and freedom to do as we please. I'm making air quotes because everything must obey the Lord. You have the you have a will and you're able to do stuff that you want. And how look, the Lord may want you to stay and be with him, but ultimately he allows you to go do what you want to do. Mm. Okay. Anything else, sweetheart? No. I have a little bit more. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, go for it, sir. Okay. Lotion we verse seventeen where it says for the um Oh sorry, verse fourteen. Wrong verse. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise your children will be unclean, but now they are holy. The Lord is showing me that also what Paul was talking about, he wasn't just talking about to Yes, in a sense, to save the person, but also for you to intercede for them, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not necessarily act as a bar- as a shield or barrier, but act as a repellent, if you will. <laughs> repellent of what? Sin and evil. Okay. okay, for your household and your children, and yes, and I I like how you made that connection mm-hmm. that God is willing for us for believers to be sown for the harvest of other people coming to Christ. I appreciate that, um, mm-hmm. and just like God is not saying go marry an un- unbeliever unless that's what He tells you to do, right? Unless He has a yes. specific. <clears throat> plan he's not saying we should be looking at unbelievers when we're considering a spouse but we should be looking at him when we desire a spouse we should look to jesus and let him work those things out but if you've already if you are in a marriage and you come to christ later but you're in that marriage be the seed sown for your spouse to come in if they're willing if they're not one of those people that are hostile towards you and just break up and depart because they don't like that you've chosen jesus christ stay and be a seed for them and, and be the intercessor, the one who prays for them. And then if there's children already in that marriage, be the intercessor and the covering and, the, as you said, the repellent or the barrier or the shield for that family as the one who is connected to life, who is connected to Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and making an opportunity for the, the whole household to be saved. I appreciate that. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, I also have a question. Okay. Um, what did Paul mean by... What did Paul mean when he said, otherwise your children will be unclean, but now they are holy? What were you going to say, sir? <clears throat> um, I think what Paul means there is that, like with most children, when the, what you see, you normally try to imitate and how if they have a good example and role model in their life, meaning that they won't fall for the same sins. And how it would just remind me how Mr. Dean says that we have a foundation and how we already know what to do, what's wrong, and what's right. We don't have to go out and make the same mistakes as other people. I also think that's what he's saying here, meaning that when you have somebody to look at and who's doing right, you don't have to try to experience everything for yourself and go live wild. Mm. So to the parents, in this case, right, the believing spouse, hopefully they're both believing, but even if it's only one of them, they're still the example, right? They're still there to what? To teach, to rebuke, to exhort, to encourage, to admonish, right? All the same things that Paul tells Timothy and Titus to do, right? But also that we as believing parents are to do. What was said to Abraham when the Lord was going to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Or about Abraham, excuse me, yes, thank you, honey. That he would teach his children, as in he, Abraham, would teach his children about God. Mm. Now, yes, he, he, let's remember, he first interceded for Lot and for his family and for any righteous that were in Sodom and Gomorrah. He asked the Lord if there was, I think, started out 40. I, there's very righteous people and say if he would destroy it. And he got and he down to what, down. 10, right? Yes, I believe. If there was just 10. Now, it doesn't. Well, I don't see that there was 10, but after that, the Lord said, hey, I'm going to tell Abraham because of these things, right? He'll, yes, first he'll intercede, although it's not said in so many words, but then he'll teach his children about me. What's also said, not about Abraham, but just in general, right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, or the Lord our God is one, and you shall what? Teach your children When? As they lay down, as they get up, as they go about their day. So in that is is telling or instructing parents, believing parents, to take advantage of the opportunities as they present themselves. Right? Yes. As you go about your day. If we have truly fashioned our our life in Christ and our relationship in Christ, that we are praying without ceasing. In other words, we're in communion and communication with our Heavenly Father at all times to learn His ways and His thoughts, to understand His, his perspective, because it's much higher than ours, right? Yes. Shouldn't we also be listening on when and how to communicate and teach that to our children? Yes. Okay. Absolutely, yes. So these are already, they're already built-in opportunities. What will we do with the opportunities? Will we take advantage of them? Or will we leave them behind and not instruct our children? Right? How is the wife made pure? Or the husband made pure? 
by the washing with the word, right? Yes. What is the word? Anyone? It's not it's not complicated. What is it? Well, it's the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Okay. Ultimately it's the Lord. Right? In the beginning was the Word. The Word became God. The Word was God. Right? And it is yes. the light of all mankind and all those things. And I'm not I'm just not downplaying it. I am just stating it so we can move along with the thought. But also understand, the Lord gave himself, the word is himself, to teach us. And he also communicates verbally, right? Yes. We should have, as we have been discussing here, we should have set ourselves up in such a way that we know our Father's voice, right? My sheep hear my voice, another's they will not follow. We also have to teach that to our children, how to hear the voice of the Lord and know the voice of the Lord for themselves. And in so doing, and teaching them to remain in Him, in His presence, is what keeps us and our children clean. So they can apply it to their lives as they go, right? Long after they depart from our house and have their own house and their own children, right? So he says, teach a child the way he should go, and when he grows old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he started with 50 righteous promise. Abraham started with 50 and worked yes. all the way down to 10. Um, what else you got, son? Or Dean, do you have something? I just had a question. <laughs> so interesting, in, um, at the end of 13, the word uh, divorce is used. A husband must uh-huh. not divorce his wife. And then we go into... Uh, 15, I think it is here. Uh, these words separate. They want to separate themselves. Uh, clearly a different word being used here. I just jumped over. Um, actually, says if the unbeliever, uh, unbeliever leaves. Mm-hmm. So I went back over to um, my inner linear. You know, I'd love to pull that out and look mm-hmm. back there. And it's clearly a different word for both of those, which interestingly, divorce is not a definition from the original word. But without getting into that, why do you think Paul was giving us two different um, words here. So we had divorce with the believer, but leaves or separates with the unbeliever. I'm curious if there was a, uh, a thought that um, if they decided to leave, that was fine, but that was not necessarily divorce. Was that meant the doors come back open? Or I don't know, just curious for some input. Um, from me personally, when I hear separate, it means especially in this instance, it means like them taking themselves away from the covering of God in that case. But it, and what I understand what Paul's saying is like if the believer divorces them, it means they're kicking them out from their blessing and saying, no, you can't access God through me. I won't intercede on your behalf. And it's cutting off that pass. But if they separate, they open the door themselves and they walk out. It's different. It's different if the unbeliever makes that decision of their own versus someone else making that decision on the part for them. I just know I've known lots of people over the years where they had an unbelieving spouse. The unbelieving spouse has left. The believing spouse who remained, as it were, um, 
decided to remain unmarried and considered him or, or decided not to proceed with divorce and felt compelled to remain in a place of separation, leaving the doorway open mm-hmm. up until such time where they maybe now if the other, if the person left divorced them, they accepted that mm-hmm. and moved on to that, but they felt compelled not to close that door. Similar to what, um, Paul mm-hmm. was saying here mm-hmm. that, um, they, they would still have some protection and potentially even children still have some protection. So it was always a pathway back in that regard. So, yeah. Absolutely. I like your thought on that, Kyla. Mm-hmm. What, what else is said, right? What the Lord has set apart. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll, let me begin with this thought. We know there is nothing new under the sun, right? What, what you just brought up as far as people separating not finalizing, if you will, a divorce. We see that happen even in culture today, or society today. Again, there's nothing new under the sun. Why would we expect that there was something different then, right? Um, but then also, with what, Kyla, what you were saying, what the Lord has, has brought together, let no man separate, right? If someone chooses to leave right? We're not under, we're not condemned, we're not, right? If, if the unbelieving spouse, that is, chooses to leave, there shouldn't be, I'll say, guilt and shame and all the rest of it. That's not of the Lord. So, with there, there's still interceding, right? There's still intercession that happens. That's still someone, a, a brother or sister in Christ, right? So, we should still be doing our part in covering them in prayer, now, yes, they, and as, as you pointed out, have chosen to walk out or step out from the covering. But the arm of the Lord is not too short that he can't save. That he can't still work in that, in that position, in that place, right? Let's look, rem, be reminded, if you will, of the prodigal son. And what Paul said earlier in this book. Okay, they chose to leave, right? With the prodigal son, he chose to depart, from his father's covering. And he experienced all the consequences of that. Paul very directly just said, I'll turn that one over to the devil so their soul can be redeemed. In other words, there was still hope for them. They, they lived as though they were, were dead, right? Yes. And experience, the wages of sin is death. However, ultimately, the whole, I'll say the goal and, and the point and purpose of interceding for them and covering down in prayer was that Ultimately, that they would find their way back to the Lord. That's not us. It's not the believing spouse, right? It's ultimately they come into a right relationship with the Lord. And the Lord is also the Lord of relationships. First with Him, and then with each other. So we can kind of see it come full circle here, if you will. All these different parts and pieces of the Word, whether it's pertaining to marriage specifically or pertaining to our relationships as brothers and sisters in Christ or even as neighbors. There's no difference, ultimately. And that is, we're to love God and love his people, our neighbor as ourself. So we should be interceding for everyone at all times, especially the ones that the Lord puts on our heart at that moment. All right, he knows. He knows all. He knows the end from the beginning. 
we have to be open and willing to be obedient to what he's telling us to do in that moment. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Everybody, everyone's got it. Any questions? I don't have any. Okay. Thank you, honey. I enjoyed all of that. Um, I also want to kind of bring up the perspective of life is complicated. <clears throat> the The introduction of the sin nature into the world left things in a tangled mess. And circumstances, you know, God, what he made was, was very simple and it was potent and it was perfect and it was capable of doing everything that God wanted it to do. But the introduction of sin left us in a place where, you know, at times we don't know which way is up. And God is always a good God. And his mercy is one of the attributes that he listed about himself in um, Exodus, when he, when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. And God said, I'll, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. You can't see my face, but I'll cover you with my hand and I will pass by. And when I pass by you, I will let my glory pass before you. And when he did that, he made a declaration about himself. And one of the things that he talked about was his mercy. Mm -hmm. um, which is also why it's so important when we proclaim the mercy of God as well. Because we are saying, God, we, we know that you are true. We find you to be true exactly who you say you are. Um, and in looking at this, I was reminded of Matthew 22, verse, verses 37 through 40. Um, and this, this section right here, the Pharisees are questioning Jesus about what the greatest commandment is. And he says to them in verse 37, he said, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. And then I want to also look at Romans 13, verses 8 through 10. Because there's a, a, a thought here that is contained in these verses of Scripture. Of course, it all comes from the Lord. Um, but to give us a, a picture, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people, I love to go to, Lord, just, just take me to the heart of the matter and tell me about the root of it so I can know how to perceive everything else. Uh, verse 8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Verse 9, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment are all are are all summed up in this saying namely you shall love your neighbor as yourself love does no harm to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfillment of the law so while going through this in detail and and showing the the corinthians how to navigate these muddled and confusing situations that we find ourselves in. And we've gone through a variety of, of those kind of situations since starting first Corinthians that he was teaching them about. Ultimately he's teaching them love and saying, if you can just narrow it down to this, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and to love your neighbor as yourself, you will keep the commitments. You'll keep the commandments that God wants from you. And you'll know how to navigate these situations and you'll come up with the right answer every time versus trying to strategize and pinpoint mm -hmm. specific details. Well, you've got, 
you you send like this and then they send like that so then i can do this in that case and then i can do that in that case and then you're going to do this and then it trying to change the formula and the equation right, and, right trying to work. extract details by which to or situations and circumstances to trigger some kind of applicable action to govern your life when god is just saying i want you to have mercy on one another and in that, I want you to walk in love and demonstrate my love for you. When he says, don't depart from your husband if they want to dwell with you, woman, even though he's unsaved and you're saved, he's just saying, walk in love. Love your husband. Give me the opportunity, me as in God, the opportunity to come in and deal with the situation through your love, through your kindness, through your gentleness, through your self-control, through your forgiveness, through your mercy. I, God can come in and work and maybe bring this one to Christ. And even if you ever see the, the, or hear them make a declaration to it, God knows. He knows the hearts. And I've had question in my life of, well, how do I do this, God? Because, well, maybe my circumstances doesn't exactly line up with this one. And then when is, when, how is time a factor in this? And then how much is too long? Or then when should I wait? Or, but that was a long time ago. Maybe this happened and I said I forgave, but but they, they say they're willing to duel with me, but their actions say something different. That's why God wants us to rest and depend upon him and let mm -hmm. his judgment be our guide, but also for us to put on love because love will not violate the God kind of love. Love will not violate the commandment of God. And actually, in actuality, it fulfills the commandment and thereby providing freedom for us and a way and an opportunity and for us to be in perfect alignment with the Lord. That's our strategy. Walk in love. That's it. And then how can you do that? Okay, go, Holy Spirit, let me, let me find out what love says. Spend some time finding out what God said love looks like. There, there are many kind of humanistic, quote-unquote, loves, and none of them really stand the test of time. The true love that God is talking about is his kind of love. Find out what the, the Bible says about that. What are his attributes? And begin to walk in that. And the mercy that you desire to be showed toward you why don't you show that to others? Display that same grace and mercy towards others. And then when it comes to making your choices, ask this question, Holy Spirit, what do you want? And is it love? Is it love? Because love is complete. Love never fails. Strategies fail. Formulas fail. But God never fails. God is love and love never fails. So if I put that on, that's my bond of perfection. And then I'm able to accomplish a life and to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, honey. You're welcome, baby. What else? Other questions or anything else, Lord, speaking to anyone that they want to share? I don't have anything. <laughs> okay, well, good. Then we'll pause there for today. All right? Everybody can just take time and let the Holy Spirit minister to them. And... Search out the scriptures and the places that we've discussed and, you know, see if what we're saying is true. Okay? Okay. Yes. We're not going to be offended at all. And if you do have questions, please reach out, contact us. Let's discuss this mm -hmm. together, right? I mean, just like we're doing now. <laughs> mm -hmm. that's, that's how we all learn and we grow and you know, sharpen each other and encourage each other, and mm -hmm. right? So... So if there are any questions, please reach out. You can email us at adayofprayer at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. right? or, or even if there's no questions, if you just want to reach out and let us know how 
you know, any of these podcasts or morning Bible studies or any of the messages that we, we post on there has touched you or ministered to you or you have any prayer requests, or please don't hesitate to contact us. Oh, I just want to say we had some new people from Italy um, yes. download recently. I just want to say hi. God bless you. We love you. And we're praying for you. Amen. And, and to everyone else that's listening, we are constantly keeping you in prayer. Oh, I just said hello. Oh. <laughs> well, hello. So with that, can I get someone to close us out in prayer, please? I will. I'll take care of it. All right, honey. Lord, we thank you. We love you and we respect you as our master and our most high God. And we just turn into your loving embrace, your warm embrace that fills every place and every void, every secret thing on the inside of us, God. Every longing we just present to you and we let you be enough for us. We thank you, God, for filling everything in us and filling us up to the overflow. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. Help it to um, set our perspective just let your mercy be what guides how we see, Lord, and your love and your compassion for us be what we seek out and we look for Jesus Christ and that we display such mercy and kindness to others. We thank you for the listeners, Lord. We thank you for the joy that you're placing in their heart. We thank you, Lord, that you are a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. We thank you for your word and we surround them with faith, hope, and love today, God. These three remain faith, hope, and love, and love never fails. And we just thank you, God, for guiding us, your whole body, into all truth. We bind that spirit of deception right now in the name of Jesus, and we cast it out, and we loose the truth of your word, Jesus Christ, into the hearts and minds of all across this world, God. And we cast our cares on you because we know that it's done in Jesus' name. And we love you, God. We thank you. We bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.